is VR today like color TV of a half a century ago? I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is David Fox, immersive storytelling pioneer, co-founder, director, and game developer at Electric Eggplant. Welcome, David. Thank you. So what does Electric Eggplant do? And tell us about your journey in the world of game development. Sure. Well, Electric Eggplant is a uh, very small two-person, my wife and myself company, that started in 1992. Um, the, the name, we were looking for something which had a whimsical feeling like Industrial Light and Magic. Um, having come from Lucasfilm, I really always loved that name. So we were looking for something that had that kind of same quality to it. Uh, we publish books, games, do development, do consulting, um, and pretty much anything in media. You say that game development and virtual reality, it's, it's really not about the technology. And, and if that's the case, what are those things about? Well, the technology obviously is required. I mean, I, I did this talk way back in the first dawn of virtual reality back in the early 90s at a conference where that was pretty much the title. And everyone was so focused on, you know, resolution and frame rate and all those things were, were critical but I knew that those would get solved. So rather than focusing, having the creative people focusing on that part, I wanted people to really thinking about the experiences. What could you do? What was the endpoint? Um, what would it be like to not to have, you know, say the ultimate version of a virtual reality um, equipment and, and what would you create with that? And to start thinking about moving in that direction. Um, the analogy, analogy I gave was, um, in, in fact, the whole reason I got into games to begin with was really for personal empowerment. I really wanted people to learn about themselves and, and just become better versions of better people. Um, and the analogy I was using was lucid dreaming, where you'd have a dream where you were um, aware in the dream that you were dreaming, and all of a sudden could take control of the dream and do things that maybe you wouldn't be able to do if it was a normal dream where you kind of just flow with it. You know, like say something to someone or defeat a monster or whatever it was you had to do or fly or, or something. And when you know, the rare times when I've had that experience, the feeling of empowerment lasted for days afterwards. It wasn't just something I would wake up and feel really good about that experience, but it would last for multiple days. And I was imagining having similar experiences in virtual or immersive environment and be able to take that feeling of empowerment into the real real world afterwards. That was the goal. How is today's VR experience still like the experience of watching a color TV for the first time, maybe, you know, like it was 60 years ago? Um, well, there's, there's the initial wow factor. I mean, I've had this multiple times as technology moved along, like going from black and white to color TV, uh, first time we replaced our 19-inch CRT television to an HD TV, and for the first week, just being amazed at the detail, what we could see. And then now, just the standard. So there's this place where you first, you know, hopefully, if it's a good experience, the first time you go into virtual reality, it should be this wow experience. And then after after you've done it a few times, that just becomes the expectation of what it is, um, and so you can't rely on that to be what keeps you going back. Um, 
you know, there might be different experiences you'd have there, which would get you, um, get you some of that feeling, something that you've never experienced before. And that, you know, that would be really, that would be great to have that, but that shouldn't be the, the goal. It should really be the actual experience itself. And when you go to a movie, you're not going because of the wide, just because of the widescreen or the 3D effect. I mean, we go to a 3D movie where, you know, we're wearing stereo glasses. For me, it's really cool for the first five minutes and I just forget about it unless they throw something at your face, like, you know, literally. <laughs> and you remember, oh, this is 3D. Um, but that really takes you out of the movie and the story than when that happens. Um, so I think you're better off just to just use that medium and, and, let, and use the advantages of that medium and let the story come across. What were the backgrounds of the, the first great storytellers at early LucasArts? Where did they come from? Oh, that's a good question. Well, when we first started Lucasfilm Games, um, Peter Langston, who was our first general manager, was really looking for people who didn't have any experience at game companies, um, ironically. Um, he didn't want people who had spent years working at, say, Atari or any of the other arcade companies at the time, because he didn't want them to come in with preconceived notions about what games were. He really wanted us to you know, push the edge of the art, push the experience of what a game might be, and think, you know, think outside the box, think outside of what the standards were. And that was always the original intent. I, I don't know that that carried forward all the way, but because um, we were part of Lucasfilm, and we felt we had to live up to the quality of the films that were being produced. That was always part of it. Story-based games were always always really critical. Story was always really critical, um, and we wanted we we knew the emotional impact having a good story could have in terms of drawing you in. So that was always foremost. So who the people were? I mean, they were just people who I think we I think we attracted people who who resonated with that. I mean, I, personally for me, um, I think my original, I mean, I was based in Marin before that. So I watched Star Wars and, the, and knew about Lucasfilm being in the same place where I was in Marin County. And after seeing the film, the first Star Wars film for the first time, I wanted to be in the movie. And, you know, so something about that film and that storytelling pulled me and, and that was as close as I could get to being in the film was working for the company that created it. And I'm sure that was a similar experience for other people who joined. Where do you think the next great immersive storytellers and experience creators will come from? Are those skills a natural extension of software engineering or, or maybe art and theater or somewhere else? I think it's unusual to find a really good storyteller with someone who's really focused on the tech. Um, I think you're more likely to get people coming from other forms of narr narrative storytelling, um, either from film or from, from books or, or, or writing. Um, but sometimes, you know, you get a combination of someone who's both able to do it technically and, and has a great sense of humor, if that's what you're going for. I think Ron Gilbert is brilliant at, at both of those. Um, far better programmer than I am, and he's a great storyteller. So getting to work with him and, and a bunch of other old ex-LucasArts people on Thibbleweed Park was really fun. Um, 
But in terms of pushing it, I, I, I'm thinking that there are really two, two areas. I mean, there's the smaller indie companies where you have the flexibility to, to pivot and change and try new things without having this huge budget that's going to destroy you if, you if you the game doesn't succeed. Um, there are some great things coming out um, from um, Fable, I think it is, um, Wolves on the Wall. Um, mm -hmm. What is, I mean, that's based on, okay, well, so that's interesting because that's based on a Neil Gaiman story and they adapted it. So that, you know, working with, it, you know, as with films, a lot of the films that come out are based on, on books. So that's a, a great source if you can get the license to do that. Um, one of the games I did recently was Rube Goldberg, a Rube Goldberg game. And I got to go back to Rube's original um, cartoons of chain reaction machines from the 1930s and 40s and licensed those and did a game based on those. So going to other content, which is, you know, uh, ever, evergreen, you know, that will last forever is a great way to do it. Um, but then on the other end of the extreme, um, you have like a Disney where they're trying some things now, which I had only dreamed about being able to do like 40 years ago. Um, like the um, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run experience where you're actually finally, we have an interactive simulator at a theme park where you can actually you know, fly to at least do things to some degree. I mean, there's limitations about the interactivity, but it's still far beyond say Star Tours where it was all pre-recorded. Um, and then I'm super excited about their um, galactic star cruiser thing they're building, which is a, essentially a um, hotel, which is themed as a starship at Disney World, where you go on, you board for a three-day, two-night experience, and the whole thing is aboard this star cruiser, and you have um, a, short crew, a short tour, you go back to the shore and, and do the Millennium Falcon thing, um, but the rest of the time is all essentially role-play aboard a starship. Um, so long-form storytelling is very excited, exciting to me, where you actually are immersed in this for, for not just an hour or two, but for, for several days. And the whole thing, everything around you is themed. You mentioned Fable and, and Edward uh, and Peter and, and his team have been with, um, uh, with, with Fable have been on the show many times. And this idea of, of virtual beings is, is kind of exciting. I mean, what do you think about that? Um, it's it's exciting and it's scary. Um, I on one on the one hand, I mean, we want you to believe that they're real during the experience. And the other hand, I mean, I've seen too many science fiction films where people, you know, fall in love with a virtual being and they end up um, having a relationship with a virtual being to the detriment of of their real life relationships and. Um, I don't think I want it to go that far. I think it's going to. I think it's inevitable that that'll happen. And that part's kind of scary because I, I, for me, it's all about strengthening bonds between people and not substituting artificial bonds unless that could help you with your real ones, real life ones. So I, I think it's inevitable, but um, I'm not sure how do you, how do you fix that? I don't know either, David. So if you could change the future of immersive storytelling tomorrow by wishing on a star tonight, what would you wish for? Mm. I would want there to be a lot more focus on people 
learning about themselves, becoming um, more effective as people, um, more empowered, um, and less about going around shooting things. <laughs> um, I think doing a shoot 'em up is super e comparatively super easy way to get your emotions and your adrenaline running. And I'd much rather see people spending more time doing um, experiences which hit the other emotions and, you know, ideally without having to go out and, and shoot. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to get rid of all shooting. I, that's, that's my choice of what I want to play, but I would like to see more focus on the other, which is one of the reasons I mentioned what was on the, in the walls, because that, that kind of narrative, I think, is, is where we should be going. Thank you so much, David Fox, for your time. Co-founder, director, and game developer developer at uh, Electric Eggplant and immersive storytelling pioneer. If somebody wants to connect with you, David, maybe they want to find out more about the work you're doing or get some advice. What's the best way they can do that? Sure. Well, you can reach me on through my website, electriceggplant.com. Um, I'm on Twitter a lot, David B. Fox, B as in boy. Also, same and on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks again, Twitter, David. Twitter is probably where I hang out the most. So I understand that. And if you guys want to find me, I'm there too. I'm on Twitter at, at Tanya Hall Radio, or you can find more of my interviews right here or go to tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.